0: The title of this episode is Hold Tight or Let Go. So I was just sitting here thinking um, because I was just like recognizing all the ways, you know, like that I've been able to connect with different women, um, you know, via Brown Girls Purple Lips and, you know, how... I like I don't ever have a problem with like or thinking that I'm shy when it comes to like doing business or being at work I always try to be like really relatable to people and you know like when I used to train people at my jobs I used to always be like while, I'm in, while they're in training, like, oh, I'm your best friend for this week. I'm your best friend for the next two weeks or however long the training period was, right? So I learned how to be personal and connect with people, especially when you have to, like, build um, and teach them, right? Uh, to make them more comfortable. Um, People, I believe, are more susceptible to what you're saying when they are more comfortable with you. And they feel like, you know, you are down to earth or easy to talk to. I'm just thinking like in all the ways like though I feel like in the real world I've always told myself like you know I'm socially awkward and things of that nature. And it's just because like I was I've always been around people outside of like maybe work environments or you know environments where I was like working within the community and things like that. I'm always around people that I kind of feel like I have a disconnect from or, you know, I always feel like I'm strange or awkward or that I'm an enigma to them based on just who they are and the lack of things we have in common, right? But I realized today, like, I do not really have a problem as far as being socially awkward. I do not have a problem as far as, you know... Granted, I am very weird, but I don't necessarily think I come off as a weirdo to people, like when I'm talking to them or anything, right? I think that's something the more you learn me and see all the many different sides of me and my, um, I don't know. I'm not going to say flaws. My, you know, my idiosyncrasies, the things that make me me, the things that are unique about me. I think over time you realize I'm weird, um. But I was just thinking about how I have been holding on to that notion for so long. Like, you know, I I really don't know, you know, how well I can do this because I'm socially awkward. And if I'm not socially awkward. I think my biggest problem is just, like, I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be famous. I never, I don't, I never wanted people to, like, come up to me and talk to me, like, at stores or things like that. Or, you know, I always wanted to have the comfort to just, like, move in and out of space without being seen, or known or noticed, right? Because it's the whole Scorpio dark mysterious energy that I carries carry within myself. And I realized like how easy it is for me to connect with women um and grow and and find ways to collaborate with them and grow my business and you know support them in their businesses. And I just feel like I was just holding on tight to this notion like that Oh, I was saying that it was, I was socially awkward, but what was really just, I don't want to be, I don't want be famous. I don't want people to know me. Like, I don't want to, you know, even my whole thing, like, I don't like going live. It's like, I still really don't care for it. It still feels weird, but it's like, it's really no point that I wasn't doing it. You know, like it wasn't a reason for me not to be doing it. Like, yeah, I kind of roll my eyes every time I do it, but still it's like, it's no big deal. Right. And it's just like, that was really just my fear. Or my obsession with not wanting people to know me. You know, I was listening to a video the other day. And they were talking about um, Enneagrams. I think I'm saying that right. And my Enneagram, I am a four, of course. and Which is an individualist. And the thing about it is he says that, you know, individualists pride themselves off not being known. They pride themselves on, oh, nobody can figure me out, nobody understand me, and that we almost, like, despise the thought of people feeling like they understand us, or they see us, or they hear us, and I was just thinking, like, that could be true, like, this whole time, I'm just not really, you know, I wasn't really living, you know, my life to the full brevity, if that's the correct word, that I should have been. All because I just wanna be unknown. I wanna be unseen. I want to keep saying that people don't understand me. I wanna keep feeling like, you know, people don't understand me, nobody knows me, nobody gets me. Cause I, I cling to that. And um so I'm just making that discovery about myself, right? Um, and it's like why do I wanna hold on to that so bad? And I think it's just because I've, like I said, I've been in spaces where people don't understand me, where people do find me weird, where people don't relate to me. And I kind of just allow that to be like my whole life. But, you know, there are circles and I've been plenty places and plenty spaces and been around plenty people who do like me, who don't think I'm weird, who think I'm cool or whatever. And I just, I never wanted to accept that because to accept that is to accept that. People do understand me, that people do uh, get me, you know? Like, I just wanted to hold on, you know? I wanted to be an enigma for my whole life. And it's just like, it's really no growth in that for me, you know? Not for my life purpose or what I want to do. So I was just thinking, like, you know, in life, we can either hold on tight to certain notions or we can let them go. We can hold on tight to, you know, our fears. Or our, the things that we tell ourselves that prevent us from growing. Or the things we tell ourselves that make make ourselves feel better and make ourselves feel special. And I think everybody wants to feel special. But the only thing about that is, like, everybody is special. So even being special is kind of not as special as we would like, right? But, yeah, so I was just thinking about that. And it reminded me, like, um... One of my friends, he had made this post one time, and it was like those uh, that words like hold tight or let go, and I was thinking about how, you know, we say we have hopes or dreams and we that we really want, right? But if you really want something, like you really want it, let's say, let's say your dream career, your dream person, your dream lifestyle, your dream amount of money your dream house was a ball right so you're holding this ball but if you really want this ball you're going to hold it tight right you don't want to let it go you're not going to loosely hold it because it can fall out your hand and the whole premise I think he was trying to say would well, hold them tight or let go is like there are things in your life that you should just not you know that you should play it safe with. You should really, you know, take the time, the energy, the force to hold onto whatever your ball is tightly. And don't loosely hold it. You don't want anybody to be able to come and just knock it away. You don't want to get distracted and it fall out your hand and roll away from you. You might not ever get it back. So make the decision to hold it tight. And if you're not going to hold it tight make the decision to let it go and it has to be the same thing right with the paradoxes of our mind like on one hand on my mind I can't say oh I'm a really cool people person and I'm making all these cool connections with all these women and I can flourish and I can pick at times where I want to be a social butterfly I can't hold on tight to that notion and also the notion that Oh, I'm socially awkward and nobody understands me and nobody gets me. It was like one of them I have to hold on tight to and the other one I have to completely let go of, right? So I have to decide which which of those concepts, which of those balls am I going to hold on tight to. And to be honest, like it's probably unhealthy to say this, but I really have enjoyed, you know, for all these years of my, all these big grown years of my life to be able to say... Oh, nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. I'm not like anybody else in the whole entire world, right? Like, I've gotten off on that. I've gotten off on feeling like I be places and I'm different, you know? Like, my whole little thing with being bougie. Like, I, you know, I'm I, i I'm the most, like, bougiest down-to-earth person there is. Like, you know, I, I don't know how I tried so long to, like balance those two things by being super bougie but still like super down to earth um but that's just how I live my life and I just kind of feel like it's maybe time for me to um divorce the thought of of me you know being socially awkward um or divorce the thought of that people don't understand me and people don't get me um People do get me. Some people do. Some people um some people care about me. Some people love me. Some people want to know more about me. Some people want to, you know, be in my friend circle. Some people want to be associated with me. Now, is this everybody? No. But just because I don't fit the bill of that for everybody does not mean that I am socially awkward it doesn't mean that I am a social leopard it doesn't mean that I am you know a guppy in the pool full of sharks it just means that you know I have my own school of fish to swim with right and as long as I stay with my school of fish it's fine you know I made a I made a uh podcast once about the rainbow fish and being not like everybody else and giving all my specialness away. But now I want to just, I want to keep my sparkling scales. And I want to own them. And I don't want to just give them all away because I, I want to be understood. And I want people to connect with me. And I just need to hold on to that and stop trying to... you know, further push myself or further alienate myself. Because I think sometimes in life I can just say that I I, I do do it. Like I look for an excuse to isolate myself or I look for an excuse to alienate myself. And it has a lot to do with, of course, the trauma that I've gone through. And it has a lot to do with the way I've been treated by people who um, should be or have been close to me. But I'm just deciding, you know, making my list of what I want to hold on tight to and what I want to let go of. And I'm just deciding that I'm going to let go of, you know, this notion that I'm socially awkward or this notion that I'm so, you know, different or so ununderstandable. Like, it's okay for people to get me. And I'm just going to try my hardest to be okay with that. Um,. And realize that that does not make mean that I'm not special. Um So, if you're a four, you take the Enneagram test. You can take one online for free, and you find out that you're a four, or did you just re- resonate with this? Because I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't have to be a four to have this uh, issue. <laughs> but um, my challenge would be just you know, accept that you can be special and you can be different. And that you can be great and amazing. But that doesn't mean that you have to live your life in isolation. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, set yourself apart from people in social settings. Or set yourself apart from people um, just because, right? Just because you think that you're different. Or just because you think you're special. Or just because you want to prove that you're not like everybody else. Like, you are amazing and people know that you're not like them, but you don't have to further um, isolate yourself or, you know, make that, you don't have to prove that point. Who you are um, speaks for itself and you don't have, a, you know, you don't have to be Eeyore. You know, I think some of us just want to be Eeyore um, when we can, when I mean, when we can be Tigger. When we can be poo. So just uh own your greatness and know that your greatness doesn't have to come with you being in solitude.
1: All right. Um well thank you so much, divine seminars, for uh coming on C T with us. Um So we wanted to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your name that you've named yourself and how you came to uh, start walking into your own divinity.
2: Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I am very honored to be on your podcast. Um, It's a beautiful platform. Um, So how I came up with Divine Feminine, um, it was kind of very natural. I actually had the name Divine Femme. In the beginning of my spiritual journey, which started in 2019, um, I was dealing with a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> um, I was having um, this spiritual awakening through um, a bad ending uh, to a relationship, actually. It was a three-year relationship, which was filled with toxicity, but it was beautiful at the same time. Um, I am a true, firm believer in... Um, sometimes relationships when, um, well, everyone is brought into your life for a season, right? Um, so even if the relationship kind of goes sour, uh, there are lessons to be learned. Can you hear me? Hello?
1: You were saying there are lessons to be learned.
2: Oh, was I, did I cut off? You did it. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I think my phone screen, when it like goes, blocks everything. But, um, sorry about that. Um, so I was saying there are lessons to be learned and we are reflections of one another. So, when I was in this three year relationship, I came out of it kind of like a wreck, as most people would when they're in a long term relationship and things don't work out. And it triggered my spiritual journey. So, I decided that I was going to heal Um, instead of I know a lot of women, they might take the route of I'm going to get revenge or I'm going to find someone else to be in a relationship with so that um, I kind of replace the emotions of what this person has left me with. So they find like a rebound or whatever, but. That's the easy route to take. I kind of decided to take the harder route by just tapping into myself and find out why I might have felt like I needed a relationship to make me feel whole. Um, and just realize that there is love within myself. And like, what if we are our own soulmates? What if we do have soulmates outside of us, but the test is to first find that you are your own soulmate. So, I started going into that and my spiritual journey started with Christianity because that's how I I grew up. So I was like into church and I was watching a lot of uh, ceremonies um, on YouTube um, and just tapping more into that side. And then it kind of transitioned and evolved more to my ancestors and spirituality and understanding that God is within us um, and that, you know, there is healing to be done. So I came across my body and how I needed to heal my body as well. And I realized um, our diet played a huge part in that. And there was just so many different things that this one avenue over- kind of just turned to this domino effect of, okay, so I need to start eating differently because I used to be a carnivore, but now I'm a herbivore. <laughs> so I don't eat meat anymore. Um, so I stopped, I just, I kind of changed that process and through changing my diet, I started to realize that there were things with my body that I needed to heal. Like I had PCOS and a lot of women surprisingly suffer. Hello. Oh, can you still hear me? Can you hear me? yeah, I can hear you. um, I don't know. this app is a little strange um, I think it just keeps cutting out for some I don't know what's going on, but I don't it, know. do you want to continue?
1: yeah, it usually I can edit this um it usually cuts out if you um and usually it usually cuts out if you have like a, anything on your phone that triggers a sound, it'll cut the voice out. So whether it's a notification or anything like that. Or yeah. Phone.
2: No, my phone screen just whenever it goes dim, it just cuts out. Oh,
1: um, okay.
2: Yeah. Um, and then like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I can hear you when I'm speaking because when I'm actually talking, if you're saying something it actually cuts out and it just like kind of goes back and forth and does that, that cut out thing. <laughs> but so I don't want to miss anything you're saying
1: no I'm sorry like just go ahead and um continue with the talk about PCOS and yes tell us this and how it affected you
2: yes so yes PCOS is actually very common surprisingly um, and it's an ovarian cyst which um kind of affects women in their pregnancy um and it creates Uh, the space in your womb where you're not able to uh, get pregnant and conceive. It affects that. So I know my mom, it was hereditary for me. My mom had uh, PCOS and endometriosis. So they told her that she couldn't have kids, but she has six kids now. So I know a lot of women are worried when they have um, PCOS, fibroids, or endometriosis that they might not be able to conceive. But there are ways around that. And though although some women are still able to conceive with these uh, symptoms, there are ways to heal it because some women may not be able to conceive at all because of these symptoms because our bodies are different. Some, some women can handle it and some women can't. So with me, um, I developed PCOS when I was 19 and I was told that I would have difficulty conceiving and that I may not be able to have children. So I had to find avenues around that, and that's how I came upon steaming. So that's where my business was birthed from. It was birthed from me healing myself, and I started sharing this information with the women that I worked with, and my periods, um, they started to become much lighter. Uh, my menstruation cycles uh, became uh, much less painful and i know a, a lot of women they deal with monthly uh cramping and it's like one of the most painful things and i don't think people understand like there are some women who don't deal with cramping at all lucky women and men i don't think they fully understand the the pain behind menstrual cramping you literally will deal with pregnancy symptoms sometimes like me i literally have pre- pregnancy symptoms when i'm um on my menses. I will have swollen feet, uh, lower back pain, my boobs swell up, my stomach is swollen, my head hurts, I'm cranky, like, it's like the world coming to an end. So I had to find avenues around that. And I realized my diet, changing my diet was a big part of that. And also Yoni stealing to detox mucus from my body was another thing that helped. And I just shared this information with women, and it just turned into a business. That was very long-winded. I know. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful.
1: Um, you know that w- you could take, you know, a challenge of yours, a diagnosis of yours, and just educate yourself and
2: start mm-hmm.
1: women, and you know, turn it into a business. That's so beautiful. Thank um, you. What would you say would? Um, what would you say is your like biggest inspiration for? you know, being willing to share that story or, you know, just letting people in on that conversation of your life um, so that you did make it a business? Like, how did you get to that point where you were, you know, willing to talk about your PCOS?
2: Well, I follow um, other women on Instagram like Fem Magic and Conjure Queen. And these are very powerful women who are very open about their journey as well. And I think in this generation... Um Women are becoming more open, and society is becoming more acceptable to, of uh, women talking about their bodies more openly. so it's very important that we never feel ashamed to talk about our bodies and to always share our experiences because there's you never know who might be going through what you're going through. and I know people take that those words with a grain of salt, but it's actually it, it holds a lot of power because you, never, you just never know what you're, what you're going through might help someone in a, in a very, very heavy situation. So through following these women and seeing um, their journeys, it inspired me to be open with myself and my body. And I saw how um, I started to realize that healing people was, is really my purpose. And when you find your purpose and you tap into your purpose, it's, it just becomes something that's natural. You don't feel like it's um, something you have to second guess or overthink about. It just comes natural. And I find the purest form of joy through helping other people, helping other women specifically. I help men as well uh, to the best of my ability. But I feel like because I'm a woman, um, it's just much easier to convey how I feel and, and how those women feel it's easy for them to convey that to me and for me to receive that information. And it's like an equal pour into each other's cups. So we're able to give and receive back and forth. Um, And through these women that I speak to, I have a lot of consultations that I do um, on a weekly basis. I talk to a lot of women who come to my business page and through their experiences, I'm still learning. And that's the thing about, um, the spiritual journey there it's never ending it's ever evolving and you're always learning and there's there's no ceiling to the knowledge and the wisdom that comes through this so I really appreciate that so not only am I giving I'm also receiving every single time I speak to different women um, on, on the platform that I have through my Instagram page so I really do want to extend my information and wisdom as much as I can Um, And sometimes I feel like a lot of my wisdom comes through my ancestors. Sometimes I'll get them through dreams. I'll get messages through dreams. Or sometimes I'll just get messages just randomly throughout the day. Um, So I just, I really find joy through helping women. And it's just, it comes so natural that it lets me know that this is my purpose. Yeah, I can totally relate
1: to that. Yeah. So... How would you define um, divine femininity? Sorry? That? How would you define divine femininity? What is it for you?
2: So divine feminine for me is a spiritual journey. Um, it's basically a divine connection between you and yourself um, and the divine, the divine being, your higher self. So when I say divine feminine, I'm speaking to my higher self. Um, and the number nine is very significant for me because it represents my ancestors. Um, and that's the number I like to work with through rituals and uh, working with different things like candles and stuff. I love using the number nine. It's it's very, um, it just resonates with me. So the name Divine Feminine speaks to my higher self. Does that answer the question? Was that what you were asking? <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I was asking. Okay. Um, so what would you say um, for women who have not yet tapped into that? Like what advice would you give them if they're seeking to you know, mm-hmm. find their higher self, but not?
2: I love that question. Although it's, it's a very, very common question. And I would love to give you a straight answer, but the truth is because the spiritual journey is in divine timing, meaning nothing happens before it's time. It's very hard to tell women how. I can give you pointers on the little things that you might be able to do, but it's whether or not you're able to hear the beat to the drum that plays when you are being called. So there's a calling that happens for people who tap into their spiritual journey, and many are called, but few are chosen. I know a lot of people hear that. And sometimes in this lifetime, it's just, Not everyone is called to tap in in this lifetime. And that's just the harsh truth. So if you really feel like you're being called, all you have to do is follow it. Follow by changing everything that you do, making a lifestyle change if you really want something different. I know the definition of insanity, I forgot who this quote was by, but the definition of of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If you want change, you have to completely make change. So I, I can share how I've done it. I've done it through changing my diet. I, I was eating meat and I know people, this is a highly controversial topic, controversial topic, but hey, it is what it is. I changed my diet. I stopped eating meat because I realized that meat is very heavy, right? Meat comes from animals and animals hold energy. Animals aren't always killed in the most humane way. Sometimes they are slaughtered very very um just intensely like they are they're killed in a in horrific ways. So what happens when you eat that meat is that energy is passed on to you. And that's why we we created this thing called the itis. When you eat food and you get tired afterwards um, that's really not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to eat food and feel tired or feel like you want to go to sleep or feel drained or turn into a couch potato. That's heavy energy. So I realized I needed to change my diet and started, start eating lighter foods. And when you start doing that, the, because you're setting the intention behind, okay, I'm changing my diet because I want to become a lighter body and tap more into my spiritual self, my higher self, and become less dense, then spirit will respond to you. Spirit always responds to you and God always responds to you and, says, and, and will show you in ways like, okay, since you're making the effort to do that, we'll give you an abundance of, I don't know, wisdom or support or more information. And the more you seek, the more you will receive. So there's no specific way to do it. There's no written book. There's no manual. There's no real question you can ask anyone. It's just be willing to learn, be willing to receive, and be willing to make changes and start doing things differently and setting the intention. You must do nothing without intention. Always do everything with intention and make sure your intention is to heal and to evolve and to give love and learn about yourself. So And, and that will come to you because the way information has come to me may not come to you in the same way or anyone else in the same way because everyone's journey journey is different, right? So I really can say the, the way you can start is by changing your diet. And the second most powerful, effective way is shadow work. Shadow work is journaling, writing down past traumas and talking to your, your younger self, your inner child, and pulling out those traumas um, that you might have gone through in the in the past to find out why you eat the way you do why you live the way you do why you attach to people the way you do why you seek the type of relationships the way you do you know why you attract certain energies into your life get in get down into that and that's that will open doors spiritually to who you are supposed to be who you are becoming who you are now who you were in the past and once you get down that rabbit hole you don't have to worry. Trust me. You will continue falling down that rabbit, rabbit hole. There's no way out. Once you get in, there is no way out. So once the journey starts, that's just it. So that's really just my, be- my best advice. Just start moving. Just do it.
1: Yes. I know from personal experience how true that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how true that is. Um, so what do you... So, what is
2: your, how do you feel about being a brown girl? What does it mean to you to be a brown girl? Um, well, I like to refer to myself. I don't know. Like, I know this is like a, a modern day type of thing to say brown. Um, I'm not sure exactly why uh, we were refer we refer to ourselves as brown. I call myself, you know, a black woman,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or I know a lot of us like to take it a lot of, a lot deeper and say uh the right terminology is indigenous um but what it means to me I don't I've never really thought of that because again I don't really refer to myself in that way but what I see my can you hear me Okay. You say what you see yourself is. Oh, I, it cut off really far. Okay. Um, I was just saying, I what I see myself as is the Egyptian princess from the Bantu tribe, because I know my ancestors are from the Bantu tribe, which was originated in Egypt. So I see myself as that, and I, I don't attach myself to the flesh. I know I'm a spirit, um, and we're just... Having, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So I don't, I try not to attach myself to the physicality of what I look like and more so what my spirit is and where I come from. So I know that my ancestors, I honor myself in that way and I honor my higher self. Um, so I've never really looked at myself uh, using that terminology as like, you know, a brown girl. I know I'm a black woman. Um, that's, I don't know if that's the same thing, if it's, it's just layman terms. Um or what the correct terminology is, um, but just in truth, that's really what I look at it as. I'm the mother, it's deeper than my skin, my blood is divine, my energy represents all of me. It's about my energy, and I excavate dark forces when they come around me because I am love, and that's how I represent myself. That's how I choose to allow my energy to represent me. I take this wisdom and I share it with people I'm led to be around.: That's so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So our pop-up question is: What is a word that begins with the letter B, as in born, <clears throat> and that the, you feel describes you?
2: Birthing. Birthing. I yes. love that, Boy, said that Really? Oh, I'm. Hmm. All right, birthing. So birthing to me is I'm constantly going through transformations in my life, There's constantly new versions of me. Um, if, if you go through my Instagram, it kind of depicts that. Um, if you have the eyes to see, I don't mean the physical eyes, but like the eye to see, you'll see if you go through my pictures, I look like a different person every time. There's like new versions of me every time. And I think a lot of Black women can align with that. But birthing for me is like there's new versions of me um, almost all the time. There's like a new season all the time. There's like a new version and a new mindset, a new lifestyle, a new way of doing things. It's just ever evolving. So birthing describes me definitely. Awesome.
1: Thank you for saying that. So social media handles? get in contact with you, how they will reach you?
2: Well, you can reach me at my uh, business page, which is Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E underscore Oya Orisha O-Y-A-O-R-I-S-H-A and uh, my regular page is Divine Feminine, which is D-V-I-N-E F-E-M-I number nine. Okay.
1: And is there anyone you want to do a shout out
2: Yes, let's start with you. Shout out to you, girl. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Oh
1: my it's a pleasure.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to all of the women on this platform on Instagram I speak of doing the same thing and working on themselves and tapping into their higher selves and owning their owning their power, stepping into their power and stepping into entrepreneurship and starting their own businesses. Shout out to all of those women. Shout out to all the black women as well, specifically. I out to people in general, but I specifically want to shine the light on black women. We really doing our thing right now, so yes. I yes,
1: <laughs> let's talk about it. Shout out to the platform,
2: <laughs> yes. So thank you so much. Your platform is beautiful. I love what it represents. Um, really, really put yourself on a a, um, a pedestal when it comes to shining the light on the things that matter and giving other black women a voice. Um, it's a beautiful purpose to have. I don't know if you see it as your purpose yet, but I, I feel like that's what I see for you. Um, you are a voice to women in this generation and that's a very beautiful thing. And I really love what you represent and I honor and I support you.
1: Thank you <laughs> so much. Like I literally cry. <laughs> um, that that is so beautiful. I do feel like um you know, encouraging women to find and use their voices is my purpose. And mm-hmm. it took a lot of time myself to get comfortable using my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um but I c- I couldn't encourage other people to do it and not do it myself. So, it's right. been a long road, a long rabbit hole for me, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm so grateful and I'm so But thank you.
2: No problem.
1: And uh, know that Bronze of Purple Lips is always here to collaborate with you in any way. If any any opportunities opportunities arise, please let us know. know. Um, I'm just.